welcome back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Rumel. Hi, Rumel. Hey, girl. Hey. Hello. You know, this is our part two mm-hmm. to last week's, I, I guess, Black History slash Lovecraft Country, you know, yeah. mashup like- or... For me, it was an unveiling because I didn't see, I missed, I didn't, I saw everything on surface. I didn't mm-hmm. go under the surface. Mm-hmm. And our good friend, Jesse McCoy, the second came through and just laid out. He like, like showed he out. Taught. Yeah. He, he was like professor or preacher. I don't know what you want yeah. to call it. He was like, man, I can see so much clearer and I can see yeah. things I never saw in the, in the show in general but also in the black historic references yeah so so just for everybody who may not have listened to last week's episode yet and that's fine um last week uh jesse kind of gave us the history of the overall show both you know um a lot of the historical references like in general Mm -hmm. but today He's going to break it, break it down, break it down. Because, <laughs> you know, when, in talking with Jesse, I mean, this cat is a, he's a deep, he's deep. He's he, like, he, he, all he's in through history. everything. He got x-ray I mean, glasses understanding what's happening in the background. Oh my goodness. And then, and then on top of that, he's fun. He's funny to talk to. And mm-hmm. um, he gives you a really good perspective to look at. So today... We are going to kind of take a detour. So we kind of did the overview last week. And today we are going to dive into the historical references for a lot of the characters in here. Now, he started to kind of outline this for Twanda and I and give us a, you know, understanding. And I, I who love this show was blown away my mouth dropped every single character was like oh my god I did not know that oh my goodness I did not know that (laughs) so we're about to take you there and so again you don't need to know Lovecraft you don't need to love Lovecraft to be here so I don't Mm -hmm. yes Wanda is a number (laughs) one person who does not love but you know what though I I have a great appreciation and thanks to Jesse I'm appreciating it in other ways and so mm-hmm. if you're like me just join in for the ride it is interesting and fascinating to watch the creative way that this information was surfaced and made available for us to view in the form of lovecraft country that's right so again jesse welcome back to our show well it is always a pleasure <laughs> back again y'all haven't been canceled yet so it's no. good <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I know, I know. <laughs> we're excited. And so we're going to start off with some characters. Now tell us the character that you think do you have like a favorite character? Like in terms oh, of man. It's a hard, right? It's hard. I love so many for so many different reasons, right? Right. Um I, I think my favorite episode revolved around Hippolyta. Uh and the reason why I like the episode is because, you know, first off, Kudos to whoever, you know, the sister who wrote this thing is just bad. She is She's bad. bad. Yes. Um, yes. So the, the mark of really good artistry in the writing world is being able to link things with other characters that have been entrenched in our uh, literary society. Mm-hmm. So 
she writes Hippolyta. And for those of us who are big on like reading and big on classical works, Hippolyta is a very significant name because it dates back to one of the characters in uh, William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. And the whole concept of Hippolyta is this was someone who was an Amazon queen, which means she is a warrior queen. She made her mark on society by killing people in the name <laughs> of femininity, right? Wow. Yet in A Midsummer Night's Dream, Hippolyta is a housewife to Theseus. And she's happy with that. She's resigned to being a trophy wife for Theseus. And she, you know, and the reader knows this backstory and they're like, oh, okay, well, nobody, Shakespeare doesn't explain it. It's probably because he's chauvinistic, but anyway, <laughs> he doesn't explain it, but you just know, like there's more to the story. Right. Well, with the episode that they did where they focus on Hippolyta, it was the, this, this was Hippolyta from Shakespeare in black form, right? Yeah. So you get someone who at first, all we knew was she was a concerned wife and mother. Right. But she is the person who actually gets the ability to access the portal and goes through the portal to meet a character that I can only describe as God. Right. Right. And, and the God happens to be black with a big old Afro <laughs> and a woman and a woman, and a woman. Black woman yeah. with a big old Afro and Hippolyta at first is scared. Right. She's trying to fight back. And the godlike creature doesn't understand why Hippolyta is fighting. She's like, do you, obviously you don't know who you are, right? Right. And so she takes Hippolyta on this journey through the history of Hippolyta's, right? This journey of who black women are from the beginning of time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the first place we see her is in a pit with other women, warriors, like Amazons, right? She's, she's in a pit. And she's there, she's got all her armor on, everything. And she's strong and she's proud. And, and, and what this does is it opens your mind up to the dimensions of this character. This is the person who had been essentially begging her husband to go on these trips with him. Mm -hmm. And she didn't get a chance to, husband's no longer with us. But one of the reasons she wanted to go was because she knew that there was so much more to her than just being a mom and a wife. Yeah. Right. So she gets to walk through this door to see all the generations of how dope she is. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, you know, she gets this little wristwatch thing. I don't know if it's, it's, it's better than Apple because it's made by black people. <laughs> so, so that's a, she gets this wristwatch thing that allows her to come back and go and do whatever she wants at any point in time. That and she also. Christmas it's, list. I didn't get that though. Absolutely. <laughs> she also gets this beautiful blue hair because she's, you know, can you imagine somebody with blue hair in the 1940s? Right? <laughs> that's like badass, right? Oh, badass. Yeah. yeah. yeah she gets that's blue badass. hair. And the blue hair just happens to be synonymous with the comic book character that her daughter Diana reads. So the 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 woman that her daughter was reading about the whole mm -hmm. time is embedded in who Hippolyta is. Yeah. Right? Her superhero. Superhero. Her mama is her superhero. Yeah. Superhero. But in the 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 fact about Hippolyta in Shakespeare mm -hmm. and the parallel to that of Hippolyta in Lovecraft Country, I didn't realize it was there. But now that I know, I'm just like the writer. She's super bad to bring those yeah, two I was today years together. old to figure out that that you know was the connection. Yeah, I was Absolutely. like, 
oh, it just made me appreciate the artistry that this show is even more. I just was like, John, Jesse, you should drops. be on the writing team with them, you know? We should tell us. Hey, I'm hey, telling you. From, from your mouth to God's ears, <laughs> HBO want to cut me some checks. Who am I? You know what I'm saying? Who am I? That's right. <laughs> That's right. But let, let me say, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, anytime I see a show on HBO, it doesn't matter how grimy it is or mm-hmm. how suspenseful it is. The people that HBO gets, they're they're unlike any other movie, I mean any other like channel. They they're willing to take risks that other people aren't willing to do. This show is a risk. If mm-hmm. I can't you talk about wizards, black history, <laughs> this is like, this is just not this going was, to get approved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they said, okay, well, we'll see where it goes. And to get that approval means that whoever wrote this thing had to be awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she did her thing on this. Yeah. Um, and did. it's not it's not just with Hippolyta. Like, so we call him Tick, but his real name is Atticus, Atticus yeah. Freeman. Uh, anybody who is big on English or American literature, you know, Atticus is a very significant name in uh, in our canon because we date back to Atticus Finch, mm-hmm. uh, the lawyer from To Kill a Mockingbird. Atticus Finch was the only white guy in a small Southern town willing to defend an innocently, uh, innocent but unfairly accused Black man. Mm-hmm. Um, and Atticus gives this great speech and does this great legal work to establish that this guy is innocent, all for some Klansmen to come take him out to jail and kill him anyway, right? So, uh, and, and he puts his life and his daughter's life in jeopardy mm-hmm. while doing this. Right. So the concept of Atticus has themes that run with it. You're going, you're, you're destined to be alone right? You're going to be brave, you're going to be courageous, but you're going to be alone. You don't get to have the family or the the nice Christmas dinners, and you don't get that, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you look at Atticus Freeman, you see there was a boy who loved to read and loved to um, explore new ideas, Mm -hmm. but because of the times that he was in, he's not able to go to college, he goes right. to the war, right? right? In the war, we see a tick that we didn't recognize because he's killing innocent people. He's doing whatever his sergeant yeah. told him to do. Yeah. Because in the military, you don't get options, right? It's like, if I say kill him, you kill him, right? There was a um, level of brutality that was kind of absolutely. brought to the forefront with that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine what happens to somebody who is who has so much academic promise but you put them in a situation where one, they've been abused their whole life. So violence is like second nature at mm-hmm. this point. And then you send them to Korea for a battle that for a lot of black people who went to Korea, they feel like wasn't really for black people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But but you had right. to go and do what your sergeants told you to do anyway. But, but the quest for Tick is he's always going to be searching for love and companionship. And he finds that in Korea, with a woman who happens to be a monster. <laughs> I was like, I'm following, I'm following. I'm not sure where we're going with this. And now she's a monster. Okay. Yes. I was like, they had to throw some crazy stuff in here every so often to take the people off the track that all the historical stuff. It's like, hmm, it, we're getting too real. Let's throw a monster in and throw them off. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Well, you know, um, for, for wars, particularly the wars that we fought, in Asia, um, we sent a lot of black people to, to these Asian countries. A lot of these Asian countries have never seen black people before in their life, right? Mm-hmm. 
And when black people got there, black people did what we do. We, we brought the party, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and a lot of the people who were there befriended us. One, because they knew we weren't necessarily connected to the larger white instrumentality of the military, even though we're there on orders. Mm-hmm. But also because we're all marginalized once white people show up, right? <laughs> so so there, there's this weird thing where in Korea War and even in Vietnam, you have a lot of interracial kids, you have a lot of interracial marriages, mm-hmm. um, all these things. And while you're there, that's your family until you come home and then it gets weird, right? right. So what we see is they, they try to play into some of these themes from the Korean War with different men who try to get with this particular lady who they don't know as a monster. Mm-hmm. And Tick actually really legitimately falls in love with her, right? So he's doing stuff like all the other men, like, I'll buy you a drink and let's take you home. Tick is like, no, I want to rent out the movie theater on the base. That was and I'm going to sneak man. you in. And I want to show you American movies because you like American movies. Yeah. I want to treat you like queen and blah, 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 blah. And so she ends up feeling guilty because her job as a monster is to suck the souls out of every man that she can get until she can get 100. Mm-hmm. She has to get 100 to break the curse. Mm-hmm. I think Tick was like ninety nine, right? Yeah. Like, so, no, so, no, he she had she was on ninety nine. I think he would have been her one. He would have been a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. So she brings him back. She wants to, you know, beat a monster and finish out her her sentence or whatever, but she doesn't because she ends up really legitimately liking Tick. Mm-hmm. But we know. Atticus can never have a family. It won't be. Right, like, yeah. Right? But yeah. I only know that because you told me who Atticus was in another point in time. Context. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I didn't know that at the time. So, I was, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And even the real Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird later on in the, the, the sequel is a racist. Like, he grows up to be a racist just like the rest of the community. Uh, but, oh, so, so, Tick, you know, he, he comes back. He has this relationship she reveals, hey, you know, you got to leave. I'm a monster, blah, 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 blah. He's like, how dare you? Like, you use me. I thought I found the love that I've been looking for my whole life. And now I'm pissed off, right? And you don't want to piss people like Tick off. Because it's like, these people who kill people daily, right? Right. <laughs> so, right. So he's like, you know what? That's cool. And this is all what happens before he comes back to America. And so now what we see is this mysterious figure from Korea pops up in Chicago at a time when he and Letty are starting to establish their own relationship. When he has found someone who he thinks uh, he is falling for, but he's not necessarily sure because of, I guess, the rumor innuendo about who he thinks Letty may be until we discover that after their sexual escapade, Letty was a virgin. And now we got a whole new perspective of who Letty is. Letty's not any of First of all, we, we found out she was a virgin. Was that yes. true or not? Yeah. Did we yeah. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah. I, I must have missed that part. But the point, when Letty saw the, I don't want to call her an Asian monster. That sounds horrible. But <laughs> I don't remember her name. But when Letty saw that and realized that, that there was a woman before her, mm-hmm. I never understood why she got mad. She was like actively mad that he had had a life before her. And I, I never understood that. I try not to let that distract me so much, but I was like, you can't do that, girl. He's going to have a life before you. It's not like he had that going well, on at the same time. Yeah, but when your life before you shows up and is like, hey, you know, hey, 
I would understand. I I would probably be upset at somebody if your girlfriend showed up. I wouldn't be upset. Well, I'd just be you. upset and be like, "What y'all talking again? Like, what's going on? Why are you here?" Exactly. Nah, you you too cool he, about this. this is, they make Maury episodes about this stuff. It's like, <laughs> I just it's it's funny because I'm seriously not that person. I, I normally she like no witch go somewhere, but in this case, it was like you're somebody from another time period unless she's coming back to say hey i got your baby that never told you about oh, I, I was waiting for it i, I was yeah. upset about that <laughs> yeah. or but if she's just like i'm somebody from your past and i'm coming back i'd be like well he's taken so you can just leave now you know I, but i wouldn't i couldn't understand her being so angry angry at him i um, don't know i mean i, I, I i'm telling you i, I ain't that cool of a wife so I, but <laughs> in this case i was like i don't what she got a problem with so i think there's there's a difference between when so let's say you meet somebody who you feel like they're the love of your life they're operating from an assumption of who you are up until you know you tell them hey you know i'm a virgin whatever um and and they think okay this is you know they're thinking baby carriages and marriage and all this stuff and then somebody who you really were in a relationship with pops up and you're like, well, hold up, we got our thing going. You, where are you coming from? And why are you back? Now you're a threat to what we're growing. Mm-hmm. So I think I you know, I don't know. It's that- a threat. I just saw her as a thing from the past that you know. I, I didn't. So that that gets it. She's a threat. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. We don't yeah, have to I stick think, there. I think he. I think they had a legitimate relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that could be intimidating to somebody who's newly cultivating a relationship uh, with Tick. Not to mention, I mean, they they both really liked it. So yeah, I that. know, but, but one is a monster who turns into a monster. She don't know that. She Letty doesn't know, know that. Letty doesn't know that. No, but how in the world can Tick be like, okay, she's a monster? I like once I find out a, a man is a monster, you know, I, all the all the love feeling yeah, it's gone. It's like run away. I, I don't know. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't think, think you I don't... feel that way prior to you being attacked by monsters in a wizardry type setting right so i think the placement is perfect like now his mind is open to what possibilities are out there and you have a monster telling you look i could have done this to you but i didn't because i legitimately care about you but your life is in danger right right and i can feel it because of my monster vibes like there's something (laughs) that's going to happen to you and i'm trying to save you yeah because i still care about you yeah right and and you know I'm not here to say that it's an easy sell. I'm not here to say that. I'm just here to say she was trying to tag in this aspect of Afro-Korean relationships from the war uh, that was very, very important um, and bring that into why this lady would be in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So we get that. We get we get Atticus. Um, we also get, I mean, my second favorite episode, Ruby Baptiste. Yeah, I love Ruby. Oh my right? gosh, love her. Okay, yeah. So Ruby Baptiste, this is Letty's sister. We talked um last episode about the colorism issues at play mm-hmm. between Letty and Ruby. Ruby is carrying the weight of the world on her. She has to be mm-hmm. the responsible person. She has to do mm-hmm. everything right. She's expected for everything to go well, and she knows that she's only going to get slighted in the end because nobody's going to value her as a black woman. Well, yeah. Ruby meets William from the white wizardry family, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. William is like, look, he met her at a bar, took her home. They had some little banter, end up having a great time. 
And William says, you know what? I can help you with your problems. And she says, bet. And she wakes up a white woman, oh. <laughs> a white woman. And she goes out and she gets the nicest treatment from everybody in society. Mm -hmm. She get a banging job uh, at the time. Mm -hmm. First woman on the floor working. <laughs> she's doing her thing. Yeah. And she's like, life is so easy. Now, this is another one where HBO just was not paying attention when they <laughs> <laughs> no, they, really they really were. This is this is white privilege personified. Like I'm mm -hmm. talking about, she walked down the street, don't have to worry about nobody bothering her. And as a matter of fact, a black kid got mistaken for bothering her, and what they were trying to attack him, and yeah. she was able to protect the black kid from getting attacked. Right? Yeah. yeah. She she was able to go to the store. She was making money. Uh, she she lived a life and it was just a one day experience, right? Mm -hmm. Of being a white woman. And when stuff starts falling off and the skin falls off, she has to go back to being black at some point. She gets back to William and she's like, that was awesome. It's nice to be able to be, just not just have to, to deal with the problem. Just to be, right. Right, because right. you said she had the weight of the world on her as a black woman. Absolutely. But then she got a moment to take that all off and be draped in privilege mm -hmm. for that day that she, she got to be white and, and experience that. Okay. I mean, and even even in her day, like I did not realize this, but that black people, and then you tell me if this is wrong, Jesse, I heard that black people um, were at one point were now allowed to eat vanilla ice cream. Oh, what? Mm. I hadn't heard that one. Okay. So that, I. Yeah, uh, that came out during the um, Lovecraft Country as well. Yeah. And I didn't know that. But one of the parts, if you remember when she she went into an ice cream parlor mm -hmm. and she was eating vanilla ice cream and I did not know that that was a thing and so wait she did it while she was a white woman or did it while, while she, she was, was a white woman yeah she was a white woman that's funny that's not the part that I was thinking about with the oh. ice cream um you're going to talk about Diane a little bit later mm -hmm. but Diane saw these two little girls outside of the ice cream shop and they had vanilla ice cream Mm. It was something like that, something. and that's the that was a reference to uh, ice cream that I found in Lovecraft. So I wasn't aware. I okay. didn't even think about the one that you mentioned. Yeah, I like that's what I came to understand, and I don't know. I did not do any research, so don't become you know. Yeah, <laughs> sending Send me emails. All the I'm telling you right to, now to Ramel. Send all the email <laughs> corrections to Ramel. I just I thought that was interesting, but I um, it made sense to me because it was such a big deal that she was eating this ice cream in this ice cream parlor, but I didn't have a reference for it. And so, um, but yeah, she gets to do all those things that black people really just want to do is just to be, mm -hmm. just to go to the park and just be able to sit down and watch people go by and, and not even, she wasn't even considered right. Mm -hmm. When she was walking down the street, she wasn't considered, you know, maybe a hat tip to her or something like that. Um, but she, and she was so uncomfortable walking down the street because she was so used to around being around white people, having to literally sidestep them. And at first you see her do that. She jumps to the side because she has to get out of their way. And um, in her own black skin, she would have to get out of her way, but then she became comfortable and it's empowering to feel like you can be yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a little bit of 
classism involved in that too, because it's not just that she gets to be a white woman to live this experience, mm -hmm. but she also gets to have a rich quasi husband, right? right. So she never right. had to worry, even though she was working, he would give her tons of money and be like, you can do whatever you want to do. Right. So she could drive cars, she could do all kinds of things that mm -hmm. she had never previously even imagined were possible to the point where even the white women she worked with were jealous oh. of the life that she was living because she was getting everything. She was just on top. And there are a lot of parallels in there, like a lot of little subliminal stories that go into that. So one is, you know, we find out that this was this uh, process of turning her white is made in pill form. So William makes pills yes. to give to her so that she can do this whenever she wants, right? Mm -hmm. She can stop at any time when she wants, yet she does not stop initially because she likes the way that life feels as a white woman mm -hmm. until, <laughs> until she finds out that just like she's been lying to everybody in society, mm -hmm. William has been lying to her, right? Oh, wow. William mm -hmm. is not William. I forgot the lady's name, but William was the white girl that was the master sorceress the yes. whole time, yeah. right? Uh, yes, spoiler alert. Yes. yes sorry that. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't watched it by now. Oh my yes. goodness. So, so now she feels lied to, like she feel hurt, but she doesn't reject the girl after that. She's like, you know what? You know, we had this good thing going. I just want you to be honest with me. Be upfront with me. Tell me everything. Uh, and this girl confides in her. Now, we know on the other side, as the viewer, we know that this girl is also trying to track down Letty and Tick and the whole night. Like, we know that right. there's issues. Right. But now we're like, okay, what is Ruby going to do? Because that's your boo. Are you are you gonna like side with the boo? Right. Are you right. gonna protect the race? I Should remember we being even... confused about which way she was gonna go. Right. Yeah. Should we even be putting it on her to be the protector of the well, race? That yeah. was the problem in the first place, right? And I think it because it stems from that that complicated relationship between her and Letty. Mm -hmm. And always uh Ruby felt like I think she felt like second place, even though she was the one who was the responsible one, the one who was counted on, who one who took care of everybody. And when it came to Letty, I think she just was like, felt used, mm -hmm. you know? And here again, Letty is wanting something from her. Here again, Letty is wanting something from her. And if that means she's protecting, um, you know, black, black human race, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's being put on Ruby's shoulder once yeah. again and uh yeah and and as somebody who used to take frequent trips to the principal's office i can assure <laughs> you guys that uh people who do the right thing and are responsible and good students don't get remembered right <laughs> like right. oh we yeah. just stamp an a on your paper and keep you moving yeah. the rest of us right <laughs> The rest so of us, funny. we go down in history. Of Christmas, <laughs> like, Lord, just get this boy out of my school. Uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think all of these things are very important aspects of Black life. But what we see about Ruby ultimately is that she does choose to come back to Blackness, but mm -hmm. not without taking everybody to task. So she went to her boss and was like, yeah, I'm going to expose secret. <laughs> I'm oh. gonna expose. I'm gonna it, show you a black woman did this. It yes. was it was 
I mean, HBO was not looking at any of them. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> gave them some kind of magic potion because they were oblivious they, they to it all. They didn't and see it. That was, and another thing that I liked about Lovecraft Country too is they integrated recent, you know, significant music. And so in that last scene where she was literally giving it to the man, <laughs> you know, we got Cardi B going in the background. <laughs> and I just was like, they really, I mean, this woman really pulled it all together. I mean, like, and okay, I mean, this just, woman, let's say her name, uh, Misha Green. Thank you. Misha Green. Misha yes. Green. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she did. She was amazing. And if uh, if you don't watch Lovecraft Country, just watch their special they did on her. The last, I don't know, it's like a 20 minute thing on how Lovecraft Country came to be. And you'll mm-hmm. see really how um, extraordinary she is. Mm. Well, yeah. And, well, that brings us to, um, I'll, I'll put Diane first and then we'll talk about Lady Laughs. Okay. So, so Diane Freeman, this is the daughter of George Freeman and Hippolyta Freeman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Diane has largely been left out of the series up until yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, George is no longer with us. Nope. Um, we, we find out that Hippolyta has been God in another universe. Right. Uh, and, right. And so Diane is just chilling at the house, uh, mm-hmm. not, not being kind of recognized. So mm-hmm. what happens is Diane is able to kind of avoid all of the wizardry and all that stuff at first mm-hmm. until she is thrust into it at Emmett Till's funeral. funeral. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, they know the Emmett Till story. They know what happened in Mississippi. They don't know that afterwards there was a funeral and afterwards there was a big PR campaign uh, behind, by, largely by the black newspapers and magazines. Okay. behind trying to make sure that everybody in the world knew what happened to Emmett Till to shine okay. a light on racism in the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Chicago, uh, there were a lot of people who wanted to galvanize Black folks from Chicago to drive down to Mississippi because you know how Chicago people are, right? <laughs> Take care of it, right? right. Um, but you know that wasn't the way that we thought was going to be the most effective. So what they did was they made a media campaign and his funeral was attended by everybody who's somebody in black America. Mm -hmm. But for uh, Diana Freeman, this is her first opportunity. She doesn't even get to see the body because Mm -hmm. they don't want her in there. Everybody's playing the role of George and protecting her Mm -hmm. from seeing it, but she can smell it. And she's like, I I know what happened. Why won't y'all talk to me? Nobody wanted to talk to her. So it drove her into the streets. She stormed yeah. off. She was. I feel like that's a parable for Black America anyway. When, when nobody wants to tell you what's going on, nobody wants to explain anything, it drives you to the streets to do it on your own, right? right. And, and when she went in the street, things that happen to street people happen. She went in the street, police show up. That's right. <laughs> police found her. Like, police yeah. show up. But not just mm-hmm. regular police. It's the mystical wizardry police, right? <laughs> And the police say, oh, you ain't exempt. They spit on her, yeah. which is, I mean, I was feeling like, whew, that's the least. The least I can do. Well, I, I thought it was going to end way worse. So um, just because of the year we've had. Um, yeah. But she gets spit on, but it's magical spit. And the magical <laughs> spit. <laughs> 
the magical stick creates imagery. So this this book that she was reading, these two characters come to life. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people were talking about how it's like minstrel show characters. A lot mm-hmm. of people talk about yeah. how they're just monsters. Um, I don't know. I, I get the feeling that this is all part of her inner imagination, like her fears mm-hmm. about life because she's still a child, right? Mm-hmm. And these two, and again, they did. They love doing this like light skin, dark skin thing. Mm-hmm. So they have the light skin one and the dark skin one. Both are working together to try to kill her, but in a childish, playful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so they're riding bikes. That right? was the scariest episode, though. They're like, dancing. <laughs> they had monsters and everything. And I was like, cool, monsters. But them kids, of Jigaboo kids, it was something so unsettling. No, they were uh, monsters, too. The way they curved their body yeah. and broke their back, basically, to look back. It was just like, no, they were monsters. And they were scary. And as a kid or an adult, I would run from <laughs> those two. Absolutely. Well, that, yeah. that's exactly what she tried to do. She tried to run from it. But I think the parallel is in America, to be Black in America, even if you try to run from the problems, they're still going to catch you. So you're going to have to deal with them one way or another, mm. right? Yeah. And, and she did. Mm-hmm. And she did. I mean, I thought she was going to do a dance contest with them because they was, they was, they was, they was pop. <laughs> you so stupid. <laughs> it was getting me. It pop locking. <laughs> it was getting me. I don't think that's the type of pop locking. <laughs> I was just saying. It was, that was. They was getting it. But she ends up, um, you know, trying to outrun, uh, ends up in a coma. And who who's the only person who can save her? Well, it helps if your mom is a goddess, Right. So mom realizes that child is in danger and she needs to go back. Now, Hippolyta is already in her world exploring who Hippolyta is. And the most touching thing that I got from Hippolyta's exploration of her godlike ability is she chooses for George to be with her, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't have to. She could have been like, no, I'm, I'm more powerful without you. I can right. do this. But she used her powers to conjure up George to join her and explore all these things that they talked about. She did not leave him behind the way that he left her behind. The way he, he went left, on the she adventure. left Diana. She loves oh. him, right? No, no. Actually, uh, Ramel, he's saying she, oh, Hippolyta that, didn't oh, leave I, George I behind because uh, like George left Hippolyta mm-hmm. behind, behind. When he was doing his adventure. Yeah. But you know what, Ramel? I, as a mom, uh, did connect to she left Diana behind. Yeah, she did. Because I was like, where is she? she this girl needs her mom. She lost her 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 childhood her friend. And, mm-hmm. you know, Hippolyta and she lost her is dad, feeling like, herself. Yes. Just before and Hippolyta that. is doing her thing, but she has a responsibility. So I was, I was, I was like, Hippolyta, honey, get, get off that planet and come and get your daughter. See, but that, I think that's a talking point because... The whole thing about it is I think we are, you know, the sum of our experiences, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, we are so much more than our experiences. Mm -hmm. And for Hippolyta, this is the first time that she's ever had a chance to be free, right? You Mm -hmm. can't be free and your mom and your your George's wife and all these other responsibilities. She was free. She could do whatever she wanted. And she just needed a moment to be able to experience what it's like. You ever have somebody, you know, like when you really got a good babysitter for your kids and you like, oh, I don't have to worry. And y'all can go out and have fun. Like you're actually like, I'm going to drink. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. Right. And then I'll come back and get to these kids later. right? Right. Right. That's what Hippolyta was doing until she realized through her telepathy or whatever that her daughter was really, really, really going through it. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know what? 
as fun as it is and as alluring as it is, similar to Ruby, as fun as life is, I got to get back to who I am and what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And she came back and was able to save her daughter, not save her daughter's arm, but able to save her daughter uh, and and help be back with her. And Mm -hmm. we also know now that because the daughter lost the arm and she's got the new cybernetic arm, she's got some powers of her own now, right? right? So there's there's an issue, there's an interesting thing about just Diana's story, even though it's scary to see kids uh, being approached. We also know that in the history, even with Emmett Till, kids are not uh, exempt from racism and from America, Mm -hmm. right? So especially Black kids. So Mm -hmm. Black kids have to deal with it. And that takes me, lastly, to Letty Lewis, who, mm-hmm. you know, Journey Smollett, I don't know. I've seen Journey Smollett in a lot of stuff. She's usually pretty corny to me. Mm-hmm. This was the first thing I was like, Journey, you did well. She I don't know it. if she sat down with Jesse and was like, he was like, you need to just start lying and act like you want to be here. I don't know what <laughs> happened. She so brought crazy. her A-game to the show. Big time. Is Letty Lewis. Letty Lewis is supportive ride or die Atticus Freeman all day Mm -hmm. she's gonna be there not only that but in and of herself after she leaves Ardmore she becomes her own revolutionary she buys a house in a white neighborhood Mm -hmm. and then has the nerve to make it a rooming house for black people so she got tons of black people coming to this house to live white people putting bricks on the horns and all that right, stuff. Yeah. They upset. And she go out there and she handle up on the white people. Like you, I love her. She can't, she's like, Oh, we gonna do yeah. what we want to do. We throwing a party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We gonna live our I mean, life. And it, and the thing about it, it's easy to gloss over that, but historically, especially in nice neighborhoods, you could tell this was a nice neighborhood. Black people weren't allowed to own homes. Absolutely. They there were actually zoning laws to prevent that. Um, where I live in Durham, not too far away from me, there are neighborhoods that up until like the 70s, wow. you didn't had zoning rules that um, did not allow for black people mm-hmm. to buy homes in them. So her owning a, a home in this white neighborhood was is really a significant point powerful and that this that's my line of work this is where my profession and the artwork meets because <laughs> everything about restrictive covenants mm-hmm. racialized zoning even on uh, the federal government's role in not approving mortgages or not providing uh, fha loans to black mm-hmm. families mm-hmm. all that stuff happens until 68 this show is about stuff roughly in the 40s right, right. so right. this is well before fair housing act and all of that this is when she's mm-hmm. just like no i'm gonna do it we put the money up we bought the house as a fixer-upper. A, you don't see often on TV women who are fixing houses, let alone Black women fixing right. houses. So right. she's fixed it up. She brought people in. She's fighting against the racism of the community. She's mm-hmm. just awesome. The yeah. thing about Letty, though, is we know from Atticus being named Atticus, he can't have a family. He right. can't have a life. He can't mm-hmm. have love, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. It's going to end badly, right? <laughs> So in the final conclusion to this whole show, we see the showdown, the epic showdown between what's left of the white wizards um, and the black family, right? Mm -hmm. And the black family goes in and despite everything that happens, Tick still 
does not make it out. But we get some revelations along the way. Revelation number one, surprise, surprise, a gay man doesn't have a son, right? Right. Gay man was actually standing in the place of George Freeman. Tick was George Freeman's son the whole Whole time, time, right? Mm -hmm. And the only people who knew that was Montrose, And George George Freeman, Freeman. Mm -hmm. Tick was upset his whole life about the abuse he took from Montrose and and, and the love that he was looking for and acceptance. And his uncle George was giving him the love and acceptance the whole time because he was his son. But it also shows that despite the fact we thought George was such a good guy, he has a flaw Mm -hmm. because George is the protector. And you knew Tick was getting abused all the time. Right. He's getting his You ass didn't protect beat. him. Mm-mm. Right? Mm-mm. You didn't protect him because you wanted to preserve your life that you made with your own family. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's fine. Cool. Happened a lot in the 40s. <laughs> this, this is a common right. thing. It happens in 2022, but I ain't going to say nothing about that. Uh, but, yeah, 2021. So, <laughs> we, made, we crossed, we crossed oh, yes. the, we well, that hopefully, border. Hopefully people got themselves together for the new year and they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we, we find this out. We also mm-hmm. see that Tick realizes that he has to finish this thing out in order to absolve the family of this curse, right? Mm-hmm. So Tick has to go, they fight it out, makes this ultimate sacrifice. And we think for Letty Lewis, man, that sucks. She's been ride or die. She's been doing everything she was supposed to do by this man. And he has chosen fate, which all Atticus is in every work do. He has chosen fate over, <laughs> over, over love and family. Right. But what we also find out is Letty is with child, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she may not get to have her family with Tick, but she is going to be a carrier, not just of Tick's genetic makeup, which is the whole reason for this in the first place, mm-hmm. but she's also going to know the experience of everything that went into Lovecraft Country. She knows mm-hmm. about the white wizardry, the Sons of Sons. She knows about what Tick's role was in this. Mm-hmm. And she's going to have the opportunity to put that on display for her child, should she choose to do so. So the question becomes, is she going to be Montrose and say, no, I don't want you to know anything about this because it was dangerous and it cost us a whole bunch? Or is she going to be um, like Tick and say, look, I want to expose you to all this stuff that went on and what happened. We glossed over when we talked about Tulsa before, like meeting some of Tick's uh, relatives, his ancestors. Mm -hmm. In Tulsa, yeah, that I enjoyed that yeah. part. Yeah, being able to see his relatives, his ancestors, and and them try to figure out how to save the future uh, uh, people. Yeah, no, I you just know, what they what they worked out to make it so that that um uh what's her name, mm-hmm. Letty got what she mm-hmm. needed to to push the family forward. So I, I really appreciated that. I love seeing black mm-hmm. people with guns shooting races. I love it. It does be <laughs> joy <laughs> in the morning. Because the thing about it is, first of all, I remember a time when people didn't even talk about the Tulsa race riots. Yeah, right? right. And they people try to act like it didn't exist. Right. Then you got HBO with two shows about the Tulsa race riots. They got right. Lovecraft and Watchmen, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, HBO is trying to bring it into the forefront. But what you don't often see is typically when we talk about Tulsa, we see 
white mobs came in because some brother on the elevator allegedly whistled at a white woman and they went and started trying to get everybody, kill everybody. Mm-hmm. What you don't hear about though is in Tulsa, the black people said, we're not going to take that. Mm-hmm. Different response than what history wants to capture. Right. Black people in Tulsa got their arms up. They went outside and they said, you know what? Y'all can come through here if you want to. But Tulsa was a black Wall Street town. Mm-hmm. Black banks, black businesses, like everybody. And they said, if we don't stand here and are willing to die for what we have built here, mm-hmm. there's no point in us trying to go elsewhere. Right. So that's the reason. And and a lot of people don't want to talk about this. We were winning, right? We were winning. There's a reason why they but called they, in the National Guard to bomb. That's right. So that's right. That's we right. were winning, right? Yeah. And so white people came in, they brought their Klansmen from neighboring cities and the Klansmen had a dual purpose. One was to put down black insurrection, but Mm -hmm. the other one was they had always been eyeballing Tulsa for the success that it had. Tulsa had millionaires, right? Mm -hmm. And they wanted the millions without putting the work in. They wanted it. So they They were the original looters. Exactly. If we go in here and we take it, Mm-hmm. then we'll, it'll be ours and we can be the millionaires mm-hmm. despite all the hard work that went into making Tulsa. Yeah. So black people said, I would rather die fighting for what it is that we built than to give it up to white people. And they fought. This lesson goes away because they don't want anybody black to learn about insurrections in America. Right? Right, right? And when white people come through, despite trains and trains of white folks trying to come in, mm-hmm. they were getting killed. So there's a call made to the National Guard to say, look, we need military support. Now, why the military is supporting racism? You need to take that up with your government, right? Like that's an issue, right? The military yeah. flies planes in, they drop bombs over Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And basically after they drop bombs over Tulsa and kill off as many people as they can, capture the folks that they can't kill off and ultimately lynch those people as well. Um, but you get these stories every now and then of someone who escaped Tulsa. Right. So someone who saw the bombs coming and saw the writing on the wall and was Mm -hmm. able to get out. Right. Mm -hmm. And typically they don't talk because they don't want people to know. They don't know if people still looking for them, whatever the case may be. But these stories are what makes Washington and Lovecraft country so powerful because we're dealing with people who got out of Tulsa, even if fictional. Right. Dealing with people who got out in the aftermath, the trauma of processing what Tulsa was. We see not just black people with guns. We see black women with guns. Like everybody yeah. had a gun and was like, yeah. all right, well, we're going to shoot this house. You know, <laughs> shoot. If you see somebody shoot. If I see yeah. somebody, I'm shooting. And we're right. just going to be shooting. Everybody going right. to be shot up out here. Right? right. They they burn the house down because you can't, ain't nobody running up in the house with a whole bunch of guns. Right. So set it on fire, keep it moving and hope the fire does its job. Right. Yeah. So the, the whole concept of Tulsa being depicted the way that it was is great. And then just to tie the loose end, we see young Montrose mm-hmm. trying to break up with his boyfriend at the time. Yeah. So that they can stop all the stigma, whatever. They're dealing with their issue at the statue. Uh, and when all this starts happening, these races start converging, you see the stranger with a baseball bat who starts swinging like Jackie Robinson is Tick, right? Yeah. Tick has come back from the future. Nobody knows who he is. He's swinging the baseball bat, being racist. My second favorite thing to see 
is people beating racist white people. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Twisted T uh, video as well with the guy slapping the races with the Twisted T. But this is <laughs> three things. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I think that that's, I love the, the walkthrough you just gave us, but I want to bring it back to Letty for a second okay. because Tick, although a very pivotal part of the whole show, right i mean he was the coveted thing he was what was want everybody wanted needed i think letty was the person who truly carried this show mm -hmm. she stood up at every opportunity and showed how brave she was absolutely you know she um she fought for herself she fought for other people and when it came down to it even though she was doing a magical prayer at the end you know she was putting i recognized that fervent prayer if you will from the prayers of our mothers mm -hmm. when they were when they were you know when when someone's sad and going through it and praying and you just felt it from the inside you know you just it just touched me because i've seen black women mm -hmm. i've seen black women work and i've seen them pray and pray this it i don't know it just it touched me because every every step that letty went she was leading the pack for saving this family mm -hmm. and i don't think we give her her due for that you know, through mm -hmm. this story, she was truly the one who saves everybody. And when it comes down to it, you know, she she fell out of a tower, survived and came back mm -hmm. and still saved the world from this person who was going to have all this power and was going to turn the world. I think Diane. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Diane, yeah. she did a little something, something at the end. Yeah, but, you know, but it was. Diane came in and I think that end part with Diane was really more of a lead to what is coming next more than what happened. I think. Sure. So let it, let it wins. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. I think she was the one who stood victorious at the end, even though there was no real victory in losing Atticus. It's kind of like those two characters, like you said, they, they, uh, Atticus is not going to have the happy mm -hmm. ending. We and you knew that he was not going to have that happy ending. And in a way, Letty doesn't either. But just like black women have come through in America over and over and over and stood up in the face of racism and you know sexism and you know like literally stood in the face of policemen. Mm -hmm. you know, and just said enough is enough. And Letty was all of that for me. She was even, she was just black women for me. It was like, mm -hmm. I don't know. That, I mean, that's I my, that was my perspective on Letty. I just, I loved, I, my love for her just increased every single episode because she showed how strong she was throughout the show. Absolutely. No, I can agree with all of that. And, and I think that, um, I mean, <laughs> you mentioned Diana before. I, I find it fascinating now that we've got black monsters now. 
So the black monster is able to beat the white monster. That's another thing HBO was not. Yeah, or were they sleep when when black magic was now a thing and white magic wasn't going to be a thing? I mean, like Letty took Letty, and actually wasn't just Letty. It was Mm -hmm. Letty and uh, Tick's great great grandmother. I don't remember how many greats it went back, Mm -hmm. but she was the one who gave the structure or the foundation for being able to remove that mm. that ability from the white people who were in power and abusing it that's that's the character that i feel like if they were to do a spinoff mm-hmm. i would want to mm-hmm. find out more about because she first of all she just seemed cool you know I, I was a big fan of the show underground they're supposed to be bringing it back i think oprah yes. Winfrey bought it yes supposed to bring it back but the concept is seeing slave escapes from a different perspective right Mm, mm -hmm. and i i think people oftentimes forget when we talk about underground railroad and slavery and all that stuff we forget how intricate and how like complex uh those things were Mm -hmm. and the people who were involved in them right right so i'm thinking about if you are enslaved and you are a victim of sexual assault of the white owner it's not like you can call the police right Right. it's not like you got relief systems but to overcome that and master his understanding of the wizardry crap that he's trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. And you understand it better than he does, right? right. So, so you you sitting right. there taking notes when he's putting together all these poor, these you know, stupid groups and all that stuff. <laughs> they wearing all kinds of stuff. You ain't had to wear none of that stuff. You just taking notes, taking notes, taking notes, mm-hmm. and then to be like, you know what? I'm gonna make my escape, and we setting everything on fire. We burning it all down. And, I, and I'm about it. Ain't nobody following me. And right. I'm going to be, you know, able to pass this down generation to generation to generation mm-hmm. so that my family can have these secrets or access to what they need. Right. Um, that just takes like a level of intelligence and skill that I just don't see white American media companies being willing to talk about. I think that's what got Underground canceled, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if y'all were right. fans like I was fans, they canceled abruptly in the second season. As soon as the um, okay. there was there was a slave by the name of Cato, he was the one that people didn't really like because he was the sellout, right? But Cato gets rich. He goes overseas, gets rich, and he makes the decision to come back to America and start hosting these white face parties where he has black people put on white face and act stupid, right? And then it gets <laughs> yes. cut. And- <laughs> <laughs> and that's when they were like, "Wait a minute!" Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we go too far. And then, and then he gets he gets captured, and when he gets captured again, because of course now they got to show his fall from grace, he gets captured, and he becomes the primary slave catcher, like the slave hunter. They shave his head, oh, and he becomes primary slave hunter. But you see how intricate of the plan that these people, and I think Journey Smollett was in that too. She was. Um, you see how intricate of a plan it is. And then they told you about like slavery from all kinds of perspectives that you didn't see. So slavery from the position of a child, like when you're a child being introduced to slavery, mm-hmm. uh, slavery from the position of half these kids on here are master's kids and he's still lynching them, right? Like it's just so many levels that I was like, when I was watching the show, you know, I got my popcorn. And I'm like, oh, white people are gonna cancel. <laughs> they gonna cancel this show. They canceled it. Canceled. Sure enough, they was they didn't get no season finale. 
no conclusion, no nothing. They was just like, oh, we've decided to go in a different direction because it's expensive. I was like, nah, yeah, y'all do no, show budgets before you start recording. Right. You knew it was right, expensive. Yeah. We know. Nope. nope. Well, <laughs> I that's a that's a whole different discussion that we're gonna have to do on another day. But <laughs> I appreciate you tying that in. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I didn't watch Underground, so now I can go back. I didn't this. either, but I saw that it is coming back out, and I said, well, I was going to have to catch it. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll go take a look um, at that. Before we go, Jesse, please tell everybody a little bit, just a little bit. You have a book that's, that um, you have just released. Mm-hmm. So can you give us a real quick... Uh, breakdown of sure. what, what that is so the title of the book is Iliumatic. uh and if for those of you who are hip-hop aficionados you know that Nas's debut album was Illmatic if you are an English major and you study classical literature you know that Troy and the Trojan War was written in a book called the Iliad about a place called Ilium which is just a Roman name for Troy uh, I wrote a book about the Trojan War from a unique perspective. We learned that this war was fought essentially over the, the quest to get Helen of Troy back to Greece. Mm-hmm. And she ran off with this guy named Paris. But we never really hear about who Paris is or what how we got here. So I wrote from the position of Paris, who is one of the princes of Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my work, all the Trojans are Black. Right. Okay. And this is, you know, we've never seen any piece written about the Trojan War from the perspective of the Trojans. So I go a little bit into how Troy, Troy was founded, why Paris, and, and really, um, you know, to put a bow on it, Par- Paris comes off as being someone who is very sophomoric and just a teenage guy, and ultimately throughout the work has to mature into the responsibilities that lead from his decisions. So uh, if you get it, it's exclusively ebook. Please check it out. Uh, tell me about it. I tried to set it at a price point that everybody can get because yeah. I don't like setting up no $30 books. So, <laughs> so, so please check no, it out. We'll yeah. put that in the show notes so, um, so that everybody can take a look at it. And Jesse, again, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you being here um words don't really capture exactly how much appreciation we have and it was fun i know i geeked out the whole time i wasn't saying that much because i was just like listening to all (laughs) all the things (laughs) i I was getting enlightened Uh, and i was like oh that was interesting that was fun so i appreciate the the breakdown and the the black history perspective yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. we're we're rolling deep into um black history month and so this this is important yay yay let's celebrate that's (laughs) right raise the roof all right well thank you all for showing up and listening today we sure do appreciate it so until next time peace and and blessings. blessings thanks for joining us today Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.